You've been listening to Adam Air MD GED, Underground Cartoon Therapy. Hi, this is Bill Cosby. I'd like for you to pay close attention to this because it's very important. We want to talk about amphetamines, cocaine, depressants, barbiturates, opiates, alcohol, tobacco, hallucinogens. We want you and your parents to give a listen. First of all, we want to talk about um, the downers and the uppers. Do you think it's fun? To have to take a pill or to sniff something or to snort something or to shoot something in your arm to make yourself feel, as a lot of people think, better? No! What's up, guys? Well, this all started off of Lost Files that turned into an actual fucking episode. The return of Grandma Gutterpunk full-time. And we're going to talk about one of her favorite subjects, drugs, motherfucker. Originally started off some ketamine fucking studies with AKA Mountain Friend out there in the hills, who's definitely uh, condoning ketamine studies for fucking PTSD. I don't know, man. Someone with PTSD, I uh, have already had my run-ins with fucking big pharma drugs, and I don't like it. I think it's fucking bullshit, man. My mom wanted to do the fucking episode anyway, so here we are. Why'd I choose Lowrider? Because it's a fucking cool song, motherfucker. Fuck you think. This episode's brought to you by some sativa hybrid shit that my friends, 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 It's not bad. Oh, shit. So this is episode 208, 209, some shit, as we move into the future of underground cartoon fucking therapy. Thank you for all your ongoing support, guys. I know you're fucking busy, and I put out these episodes like a crackhead. Don't get mad at me for putting out so many. Like I said, if I could put it out every fucking day, I fucking would. This episode's uh, song here is dedicated to Kim Jackson. Like I said, this song is fucking... Oh, fuck yeah, bro. Some of you may remember Cheech and Chong smoking the fuck up listening to this shit. Well, this is gonna go way past fucking any of this shit. We're gonna be joined by uh, Bill Cosby, the rapist. (laughs) who uh, preaches at kids about the fatal use of drugs. I guess that album didn't age well, did it? Bill Cosby talks to kids about drugs. Alright, guys. Let's get this motherfucker low riding. (laughs) The first half of this show is brought to you by... 
giant castle. With a giant giant. Let's go, Sue. Time for Cheerios, kid. Get yourself go. Get Cheerios. Energy oats that help you grow. Get yourself go, go, power with power oats. Come on strong with Cheerios. Cheerios. Get yourself go. Get Cheerios. We now return, turn, turn. feeling um there the middle at the moment yeah so what does that mean you just need someone to scratch your head give you a little uh, back rub or something i could use a back and shoulder rub but my stomach's a little upset here yeah what are you gonna do about that Probably take some Pepto later. You know, I was addicted to Pepto-Bismol. If it don't clear up. Did you know I had a Pepto-Bismol addiction? That is weird. We got to talk about that on the show. Well, we're recording, so we can. I just decided <laughs> to stop messing around. But I uh, Tell me all about your Pepto-Bismol addiction. Well, as the first drug will go into on the fucking drugs episode, Pepto-Bismol. I like to fill it up in a squirt gun and sit on a nice bar stool and squirt it into my ear. No, I'm just kidding. I used to, uh, <laughs> I used to just like the flavor because I got the gumballs out of the fucking Kmart, specifically Kmart. And you'd get a gumball at Kmart, mom, you know, at for like a dime or a nickel back then. And then it jacked up to a quarter, you know. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you get that pink or white gumball, and it tasted like fucking Pepto-Bismol. Wow, I never ran across the ones that tasted like that. Thank God. Well, the flavor is called Bismuth. Yeah. And it's just the... Bismuth all the time, and that's generic Pepto Bismol. Yeah, but it's just the flavoring that they put on 
the antacid, uh, you know, stomach cleaner that is Pepto-Bismol. Wow. So it's the same fucking flavor as that fucking gumball. I have never been, and and it's funny because as as much as I've had to rely on Pepto-Bismol off and on in my life, I have never developed a taste for it. Oh yeah, no, I still, I still love it. I'll be honest, I could drink a fucking, I could chug a fucking bottle of it. I love it right now. I could, I could. And it doesn't really get you high or anything, it's just... That's the thing a lot of people don't understand about addiction, is it can be, you can be 500 years clean or five days clean, but that don't mean that you still wouldn't very much like to do it. It's a battle with yourself on a daily basis. Yep. I guess, uh... I've heard so much about drugs this year, specifically from our friend up in the mountains who... Yeah, that was strange. I I don't advocate the use of ketamine or any other body type or hallucinogenic type uh, drug by people with PTSD, especially by themselves. Well, mainly it's a party drug in the UK. Well, the thing is, if you are going to fucking fuck up and do that shit, you need to have a babysitter with I just got done watching, and I'll go ahead and drop it. Uh, I just got done watching this Vice special, and I, I really wanted our friend, our mountain friend. We'll just keep calling her mountain friend there. I really, yeah. I really wanted our mountain friend to see this, but I just saw it. And unfortunately, because of the falling out, I will not be contacting Mountain Friend. And Mountain Friend can fuck off for a while. But I'll say this, that, you know... Does it refute her uh, assertions that that was the way to treat PTSD? uh, You know, it makes it even more conspicuous. Here's, Here's my research. And this is after, like, you know, less than you know, three hours of research total uh, that I was a- able to gather. Um, but I would tell everybody this, that my friend out here, mountain friend, is advocating that her ex-boyfriend is uh, showing positive results off of doing ketamine that they're testing uh, for PTSD. Um, after I did a little research, I found out there's over 160 clinics in America that are testing PTSD uh, for ketamine. Now, the overall result, uh, without hearing about these horrifying, I haven't ran across the horrifying things yet. And I think that they, I think, well, here, let's put it in contrast. Let's first take a look at the ketamine observation that I've done. And you guys can go fucking look it up yourself. I don't give a fuck. But um, PTSD, and I did consider even uh, taking it, but I, I'm just so anti-drug mom. I'm like, nah, fuck it. Uh, I just can't. I can't bring myself to do it, but that doesn't mean that 
other people shouldn't investigate and see if it's uh, it could be good for them because an overall well talking last night because he's a Marine Corps vet, right? And he has PTSD. Well, hold on, let me let me finish it because uh, basically it's sixty percent overall results, eight percent have worsened due yes. to uh but that's a low ball number and sixty percent's a higher percentage, but then you still left with this forty percent that are like uh I don't th- I think that forty percent is a deadlier average and should be taken into consideration. Yeah, because some people get violent on it. Well after watching that Everybody the same one. Here's the thing, Mom. I was like, after watching that fucking Vice special, and it's called Piss and Blood, and that's pretty much what it does. It just crystallizes this part of you uh, internally, stomach-wise, I think, but then it affects your uh, urinary tracts, and, yeah. and I think, I can't understand why some people would be addicted to it, because... This thing's disgusting, man, and it will just fucking deteriorate you. Whether it has positive overall thing, I think in the end it's going to. De- yeah, and and you're gonna end up pissing blood, and the pain's gonna be fucking unbearable. I saw them fucking, and it's originally, is it a horse? Where, I it's a horse tranquilizer. I thought you said it was an elephant tranquilizer. It's not. It's a horse tranquilizer. It was, though. It was first developed in zoos for elephants, and then the vets started using it to treat horses and large animals. Oh, okay. So then that makes more sense, but... Cows and other things. I see. So, you know, when I was when I was young, I thought it was like a cat tranquilizer. No, that is the go-to large animal tranquilizer, like rhinoceroses and hippopotami. These motherfuckers are addicted, yo. They're fucking like... <laughs> These guys are fucking dead-ass addicted to this trick. It's like, how the fuck can your bodies, like... Yeah, our bodies are not made to handle that shit. Maybe that's why the ketamine experiment is only, like, six weeks long, but, you know, I can't expect... I, I, I would expect... Or I would expect that motherfuckers would be walking out with generally an addiction, and then what they're left with is to find it on the street. Yeah. And that's fucked. And that just, it, you know, it just, it's so open-ended, you know, for Colorado to be like, yeah, let's have ketamine experiment. Yeah, let's have fucking shroom experiments. It's like, some fools out here, man, you do not want to give these motherfuckers shrooms. I'm sorry. I'm telling you. It is like, are you out of... You're fucking crazy, man. I'm not going to hand a hood with an AK-47 a bunch of mushrooms or acid and say, here, go hallucinate. Yeah, it's like... Motherfuckers bound to shoot up the neighborhood seeing monsters on the corner. And you see him too, man. And it's not that fucking lighthearted angel dust fucking scene off of that movie Friday, y'all. Okay? No. <laughs> With guy I'm thinks he's a chicken. <laughs> on acid one day out hitchhiking in Texas by New Braunfels and San Marcos out in that area. Yeah. 
and the trees were turning into dinosaurs, and the oil spots in the road were turning into saber-toothed tigers, and they were chasing you down the road. Holy shit, dude. I've had a couple hardcore hallucinatory spells like that myself, man. I ended up in dry heaves. Did you have dry heaves, Mom? No, but I can't eat no type of salad dressing when I'm tripping or I end up throwing up like I was on heroin. That's so fucking gross, man. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Um, Because I was trying to eat salads and eat light because I know people tell you don't eat too much when you're tripping. Yeah. And the dressing was fucking me up. So I had to switch to just straight up vinaigrette. Hmm. Well, I guess I, you know, in my acid days, I became kind of like that with cigarettes. I couldn't smoke cigarettes. I can't smoke cigarettes necessarily in the sunlight. Uh, I have to be in the shade. But I uh, can't smoke in direct sunlight or anything like that. Oh, and a little gutter snippet from Grandma Gutter Punk that I want to put out there for all you people that don't know. If somebody is tripping around you and they start to get dangerous or have problems, make them drink milk. Do not give them orange juice. Orange juice will amp them up. Milk will bring them down. Milk's the downer. And juice is the upper. Right. I wanted to get that straight for any youngsters that might be listening that are of a different generation that might need a little guidance. Yeah. That's a good one, Mom. Cheers. And you guys, uh, I'll throw it out at the end of the show. Contact me or my mom if you ever need to. But my mom, you have been through drug history. I've been this weirdo that was... I've never done a line of coke. I uh, never did, you know, but when, you know, I did do acid, acid with, a lot of acid was cut with some speed back well, then. Well, I won't lie. I have snorted heroin and I have smoked it, but I have never shot it. You never did. And I've shot speed, but I've never smoked it or done anything else with it. I've eaten it a couple times. Yeah. Regular meth just wrapped in a napkin ball and swallowed it. <laughs> oh, damn. Was that hardcore or what? <laughs> it was hardcore. But there was too many people around for me to risk trying to do a shot. Wow. And I was coming down hard. I needed to get some in. The fucking napkin wad meth ball. Yep. <laughs> Holy fuck. You invented it. In the bathroom at Molly's on Toulouse. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I guess we all had some glory moment we could call a sh- some kind of fame on. I thought my last drug experience was just the four-ounce bottle of Robitussin, Mom. Yeah. And it got scary, and I was like, oh, I'm going to cut that fucking dangly thing hanging out of the back of my throat. I'm going to cut oh, the- wow. And it was like that, and my friends were like, no. <laughs> nope. <laughs> It did get that hardcore, though, dude. Which is why we say people need a babysitter. You got to have a buddy. It's just like swimming. You always got to have a buddy when you're tripping. 
Another grandma gutter punkism. You ought to know now. Grandma gutter punk coming through with a lot of them today because you've done your share of fucking drugs. I've done just about every drug in the book. Yeah. Just about. And I haven't done just about any of them. They were even (laughs) illegal when they were still in the developmental stages coming out of UC Berkeley and UC Santa Cruz. Okay, this is like where that shit like blue sunshine comes from or whatever? Yeah, and it's where MDMA was first made, ecstasy. Mm. And that was some fucking some people over, right? Well, I did MDMA before it was ever illegal, and back then they weren't sure of the dosage on it. Yeah. The chems that the chemistry majors that come up with it. So they were telling me do like a match head, like the sulfur on the end of a match. Yeah. At a time and see what that does. And I did like seven matches because it didn't seem to be having no effect on me. And went back to work after my lunch break and my knees buckled. Oh, God. And turned to rubber. And I had to crawl on my belly like a reptile into my uncle's apartment and crawl up the door to the doorknob. And I managed to get it open, crawl in, and kick the door shut behind me before the next tour came through the museum. Yeah. Because I sure didn't want a tour to see me like that. No shit. And I was working for Uncle Charles at the Buddha Museum. Are you there, Mom? Yes. Yeah, and what happened? Well, Charles come in from uh, taking out a plantation tour and a swamp tour. And he had the company Cadillac. But he come in to do his insulin. And uh, looked at me on the floor and he said, you need some help? And I said, yes, sir. (laughs) (laughs) And he helped me get up and sit on the end of his bed. He said, can I get you anything? And I said, water. I've been listening to that damn faucet drip for seven hours. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) I need it. And while he was shooting his insulin, he said, I swelled down about a half gallon of water. He did. Yeah. And then he sent Michael Diamond to the store to get me some milk. Some chocolate milk. Hmm. And made me drink that. Man. Because milk is pretty much the downer for any type of hallucinogenic or body high it works for mescaline just like it does for acid that's interesting man I had MDMA at the time was like a combination of acid and mescaline yeah yeah you got partial hallucinations and you got the body rushes yeah it was a trip. You ever do most? I can't see why anybody would want to do that shit on a regular basis. <laughs> if you know the truth. I can't tell. I mean, that's what I felt like when I was watching that ketamine special just now, you know, Mom? I was like, that's what I'm, 
Man. It's like, how the fuck can you keep it rolling, Doc? But, woof. Some motherfuckers can, and they can't even stop. So. I, I feel sorry for the tweakers out here. I really do. Yeah. Because nowadays, they're not even getting real tweak. Everything's cut with fentanyl. And once they get us all addicted to fentanyl, we're fucked. Yeah, I guess they could only come out with, like, super fentanyl after that, and that's about it. No, that's when they come out with the treatment programs and start fucking with everybody the way they did the junkies with the methadone. Did you ever see that dude in Florida that was eating that guy's face or whatever, like a fucking yeah, cannibal that, zombie? that was off of that synthetic weed that Mojo did. Is that what it was? Yeah. I was wondering, I was like, did he smoke crocodile? Because remember crocodile? And unfortunately, I have a good friend that's advocating the usage of that shit. And we have had a falling out behind it. Now, why the fuck would you advocate the uh, usage of a cannibal fucking zombie drug? When it turns people into fucking zombie apocalypse types. Yo, that motherfucker was eating that dude's face. I know. So he wants, he thinks that's a good idea, huh? I guess. (laughs) Well. That's what I told him. I said, Casey, you're out your motherfucking mind. Yep, I would have been all, all right, see you in the funny pages. Yeah, you know, and he's an old violator just like me, so that makes it even worse. Because we're members of the same old New Orleans gang. So that makes it even stranger, right? at all. Like, why would he advocate it, though? Did he have a reason of what what kind of positive reinforcements come out of eating someone's fucking face saying, off of a freeway? Well, with, at least at the time Mojo was legal, and he was saying, I can smoke this and get high and not have to worry about getting arrested. Huh. He did a whole little special for the fucking TV. What was it called? I forget. I'll eat your fucking face. I just happened (laughs) to look up and see him and I went, that's my buddy. That's Violator Casey. Hmm. You know, I can't say too much because people get all weirded out. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, man, that was like the weirdest thing. I started paying attention just because it was my buddy. And I didn't like what I heard at all. I had to go down and look him up and read him his pedigree. Yeah. I said, where in the fuck, as many drugs as you've done in your day, where do you come off being a hypocrite, anti-drug, advocating all this fake bullshit at. And what do you have to fucking say about the fuck that, Mom? Couldn't say nothing. He just looked at me and he said, well, we'll just have to agree to disagree. Well, he, that just means he can go fuck, fuck himself. Oh, man. You're fucking A right on that. Men in black, baby. Men in black, men in black. It's kind of like Carter. I was just talking about that with my friend right before I started recording this. 
And we were talking about Carter from from Carter to Reagan. He's like, he probably could have gotten away with fucking legalizing fucking weed. But he kept trying to legalize all the other shit. And, you know, that's what created the, you know, the contraband fucking like side attraction, you know, because the men in black were like, oh, fuck that. Carter can't fucking say that shit. He can't try to legalize fucking everything. And Reagan has always been dead set against drugs. Yep, and Reagan was the fucking Hollywood playboy. They couldn't wait to get into office. He was right at that age. He's right at that ripened age, right, Nancy? I I mean, not everybody has to agree with my opinion, but I frankly do not advocate the use of any type of drug that the good Lord didn't put here unless it's medically necessary. Yep, and just because... I don't just prescribe by a doctor. I mean medically necessary. You know what I think is medically necessary also? give you a lot of shit that ain't really medically necessary. Uh-huh. Mom, listen. You know what else is medically necessary? That kids yeah. have to... I'm picking the lights on. Yep, that too. But also, don't... Give me 320. <laughs> yeah. don't, look, don't just do uh, drug. Don't just not do drugs because authority tells you not to do them. Go actually investigate how harmful they actually are to you, man. And I think that that's the difference between now and then. And theirs was like a campaign. You had Mr. T, you know, with his mohawk sitting on Nancy Reagan's lap telling you, just say no. And it's just like, okay, but, and that's cool. But, you know, you should, you'd actually should go and see the kind of fucking whacked ass fucking brain damage shit that this fucking entity of fucking mind alterance has been doing to everybody, you know, and you can't really blame them in a lot of ways because what the fuck are we really doing here on this planet, you know, and who the fuck are we really, man? And I think it's easy to really to get lost, especially when people can just invade your territory and abuse you on some level, specifically when you're a kid, probably. You know, and or you end up getting hurt, and you have to fucking take the drug, and then you end up fucking addicted to the shit. And there's a lot of reasons, man. You know? Yeah. There's a lot of reasons but, to take a lot of different shit, you know? Well, I'm glad they finally passed that law that where if doctors prescribe you an addicting drug long enough for you to get addicted, they have to taper you off in a clinical walk down before they discharge you. Yeah. Because a lot of people were getting fucked over until that happened. The doctors were just writing shit indiscriminately. Indiscriminately. Now they can be held accountable for what they write. Mom, remember I told you that story about the guy who, like, held the gun to me and tried to uh, make me do a light of coke when I was a kid? When I was, like, 21. And uh, he was high on uh, he was high on coke, and his girlfriend was all nodding out on heroin. So they were like heckle and jekyll, you know. Yeah, and for, like a couple of speedballers most of the time, really. And the guy rolled up a hundred dollar bill. This was in Boulder, and what it was was 
they had these like uh, old semi truck trailers back then that all the punk rock bands used to play in the back of. Yeah. And uh, my friend Marcel, he was like, "Hey, just wait for my friend, man. He, he's going to show up and just tell him to hang out, you know, and stuff like that. And you can play guitar or whatever you want to do." And then his friend showed up and was like, "Hey, insistent that I do a fuck." I'll just put it this way: he was insistent that I do a line of coke. I told him I didn't want to do any. He showed his piece. Uh, he probably just wanted to make sure you weren't a narc. There was a big movement back in those days. Oh, I have no with you because the narcs came. <laughs> I don't doubt it, Mom. I'm not doubting that. It that, but you know, it did happen to me. So, yeah. so, so anyway, you know, with it. I'm just saying that yeah. was movement, and that's why they were doing it. Whatever, I mean, but, you know, I was obviously just a kid, and he, you know, he should have seen that I was only, like, 19, or, I was, like, 19 or 20, I don't think I was 20. Sounds like he was just an asshat. Anyway, man, he gave me a $100 bill, he started dancing around, and he was wearing, like, some weird zoot suit, and I fucking took the $100 bill, I blew the fucking line off the mirror, and then rubbed my nose like I did it. And then I fucking took the fucking bill, and I put it in my back pocket, and was like, hey, I gotta go, buy." And I took his $100 bill, blew his fucking line off the fucking mirror, and I heard him shooting up into the fucking sky. I was already like a half mile down the fucking road, you know? I was like, yeah, whatever, dude, you can go fuck off. You know, but then, you know, what happened was my friend never came back. You know, he went off and died that day. He, mm. he fucking OD'd. And, and, you know, it probably would have been about four or five hours later that he ended up going all the way to Denver from that point. And uh, when he said he was really going across the street to the gas station and that he would be right back and he never came back, you know. Yep. And uh, that was why he was he went to Denver and fucking did some shit that day and fucking died. He was a popular uh, dude and everybody around uh, when I was a kid loved him. You know, we all knew who he was and he was just that kind of char- charismatic dude. But he was done. He was done for. All right, we're going to take a kernel break. We'll be uh, back in a minute. What is the colonel doing? Yeah. Colonel is definitely looking at us funny. Yeah, he's like, you guys are talking about drugs and shit again, right? Fucking drugs. Yeah. He said, and especially fuck fentanyl. He said, fuck that fentanyl. He always says that. <laughs> well, the colonel knows best. Yep. Ask him if he's got anything to say right now. Hey, you got something to say, Mo? You going to tell Adam something? Adam's on the phone. Tell me he's uh, producing this show. You going to yip? He says not at the moment, but let that big-legged girl move or me move, and he's going to go off like a rocket. All right, we'll be waiting for that colonel response here shortly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Aw, what a little colonel. Yep. He said, if I'm going to supervise, i got to be up in the office. No. 
We'll be right back. Oh, dear. Bill Cosby is the devil. Want a light? Elliot Gould is a shady agent. But I am very good luck, and I guarantee you will not fail. And the record business is going to the devil. Roses and rainbows. You better take They're swapping soul for rock and roll. I've never been to the Grammys. The devil and Max Devlin. That's just the way we like them. Rated PG. The devil and Max Devlin now playing real hot. We now return, dude. Oh, shit. I have one more question to ask before I send you home because I'm totally disgusted with you. It's just embarrassing what you've done here today, and I thought you were going to be nice people, but you've run over my class, and I'm just totally insulted by this whole thing. So there. <laughs> Why are you laughing? That, that's a sad story. Maybe it might okay. be true, Laura. No, 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 no. All right, seriously now. How about drugs that people shoot into their bodies? Anybody know? What do they shoot? The kind of thing? With a needle. Yeah. Anybody know the name of that drug? Begins with an H. Harold. Heroin. Well, as far as like new drugs go and these guys testing drugs and all this stuff like that, I think it's conspicuous. I think it's about as conspicuous as any other kind of men in black program that's been going down in this country with fucking drugs and shit for the new drugs that are getting developed, believe it or not, are still coming out of UC Berkeley and UC Santa Cruz. Yeah, I believe it, you know, especially with the advance, you know, all the, they always have their hands in that kind of shit. Berkeley's always had their hands in, uh, whatever, humanities, as far as, like, altered consciousnesses go. They're pretty much the altered states of all the universities, you know? Yeah. They fucking fuck with everybody. And if you guys haven't seen Blue Sunshine, that's a fucked up acid movie about fucking people specifically from UC Berkeley, I thought. But if not, it's the same difference. And the long-term after effects of uh, these kind of acid fucking, I think that... Um, Sounds like the difference between Purple Barrel and Purple Microdot. Now what is, the, for the people listening out there, what's the difference, Mom? Purple Microdot was more speedy, and Purple Barrel was actually cleaner, even though it was a bigger-looking hit. Now, why do you put out the two different ones? Because they can clean them differently? Well, I would. you couldn't lay down and go to sleep on Purple Microdot, but you could on Purple Barrel. Is that why you can sleep on some acid and not on others? Yeah. Of it's cleaner than others. If it's cut with speed, that's the stuff you have problems sleeping on. What do you think about gels and shit like that? It can be cut with speed or sometimes strychnine for the effect that it gives. Yeah, rat poison. That's real smart. You gotta watch that because strychnine is accumulated poison and your body don't screen it out. Yeah, it's 
fucking to kill rats. Doing over a lifetime. It's supposed that to kill fucking rats. Knowles taught me when I was down there learning how to do Belladonna. All right, what was your experience with Belladonna? Oh, I I uh, was living down in Florida. In uh, what was it? Uh, Oh, all in beach towns get mixed up. It's okay. Take Charles, your time. Florida. And... It's okay. It's just one of those towns down there. Was it done? Oh, was Fort it? Fort Lauderdale. Okay. I mean, Fort Lauderdale. But back then we called it Fort Lauderdale because you could find quaaludes everywhere. Yeah? Yeah. Everybody called it Fort Lauderdale or Fort Lickerdale. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> but I was living there and uh, hello what happened there let's see which drug were we talking about again you were talking about Fort, Fort Luderdale's oh that was a hell of a a fucking experience that whole damn town. Yeah, I was sitting on the seawall one morning doing mushrooms. I had cleaned them and I was sitting there dipping them in a jar of honey and eating them. And some dude come up, walking up and sat down next to me, and he started eating some. Oh yeah. And thing you know, I'm at the Florida Outlaws Clubhouse with my bike chained up in there. Garage. Oh man, that's fucked up, Mom. And I'm on a swinging bed that's suspended from the ceiling and swings if you move. It was like Jim Rose so circus shit. How to make it off of there and get to my motorcycle without getting seasick? <laughs> what the fuck? I'm telling you. When when was that? Oh God, that was back in the seventies. Late seventies. Did you think? Did you feel like you weren't going to make it out of that one? I almost didn't. I had to leave everything behind and quietly shoot across Alligator Alley and hitchhike from Naples up the backside of Florida to get out of there, because the cops were looking for me on one hand, and a different motorcycle club was looking for me on the other. These two chicks that were staying at my house witnessed a murder, and they turned up floating. So the cops were looking for me to see if the chicks had told me anything about it, and the other side was looking for me to shut me up just in case. Holy shit, and I dude! Didn't want to talk to either side. <laughs> <laughs> well, damn. So you had to fucking hitch. How? How'd you even hitchhike, man? Weren't you afraid that everybody was after you? I had to break a good man's heart because I was engaged to the foreign car mechanic. Oh. That made loads of money and was a real sweetheart. And uh, I left the diamond on his pillow. The one he gave you, huh? Of course. I wasn't going to take it with it. I can make him. I don't need to take kids. Yeah. No, that was honorable. I know it that must have been hard on you. 
while he was at work without at least talking to him face to face, but it was actually in his best interest. Because you were wrapped up now and... Did he totally be able to pass a polygraph on? I don't know where she is. You know? Oof. I guess that's a way to do it. That's a way to guarantee it. It's the way, I guess, to guarantee it. Yeah. So then it turns out that the two girls that were staying with me, it wasn't them they actually found in the intercoastal. They just covered up for putting them in the witness protection program that way. And I ran into them back here in New Orleans. Oh. They had come to my hometown to visit. And you must have been like, you guys are dead. One was wrestling with me on Bourbon Street, and the other one had a hippie maid service. Did they do? Clean people's houses because she could be trusted around the money and the dope. And so they were on drugs, for sure. Everybody was back then. That was the 70s and 80s in New Orleans. Everything was wide open. The police went on strike. They called in the National Guard. The National Guard was getting high with it. Wow. We are passing them joints on a barricade. It's a lot. That's a lot, man. That's a lot. Yeah. Uh, Mom, have you ever heard about the story about the green... Did you like the Green Goblin ever from Marvel, from the Spider-Man? I've I've seen him, but I've never heard the backstory on it or realized who the hell he was except for some kind of screwed-up extraterrestrial villain. (laughs) Well, let me tell you a story that really uh, the Green Goblin in the Marvel canon universe he was like this he was a dude that what what are you trying to say go ahead i want to just say one thing before you get started because i want (laughs) to shut and listen to the story but the green goblin in my mind is what i've always pictured the meth monster on the corner to look like oh yeah well I'll, i'll keep the long story short basically uh he was a villain that was uh, a guy in a costume, really. He was like the friends of Peter Parker uh, that lost their minds. And one was a dad, and Spider-Man killed that dude, right? So the son went crazy, ended up in a loony bin, and he started taking acid. But do you know the reason they wrote that in there? Uh, was because all these kids at NYU uh, kept killing themselves on acid. And the one thing that they all had in common, besides that, was they all had copies of Spider-Man in their room. And yeah, they all thought they could fly. I remember something about that. And so what happened was all the parents went, yep, I think that is relevant. And so what happened, the parents uh, went to Stanley at Marvel and said, look, you got to write it into your comics that acid is bad. And Stan Lee was like, yeah, but I don't know shit about it. LSD. <laughs> and uh, he didn't, man. He didn't fucking no, know. Had to do 
just go to UC Berkeley or Santa Cruz, they'd have been glad to give them an education. Well, that's the reason the Green Goblin throws Gwen Stacy off of the Brooklyn Bridge. In Spider-Man number 121, y'all, I've said it on a couple episodes, so I'm saying it on this one because this is the fucking drugs. Hey, it's fucking drugs, Mom. Episode. I think that it's going to be called something like that. I can't. I'm kind of smoked out right now, so I'm having a hard time thinking about what I want to. To get smoked out. Ooh, I've been smoking some fucking grown. Well, you know, I always make it a point to keep a bowl around for when you call. Well, smoke together, even though we're far away from each other. We can talk about drugs for a long time, even though we're going to keep it inside the hour. But I, uh, originally this was supposed to be the ketamine review. Is it good for PTSD? And I mean, I, me and my mom say no. No. (laughs) I feel the same way. You get a no from me and I've got PTSD, but ketamine would be one of the furthest things from my mind I would use to treat it. Yeah, me too, man. Especially after all the bad shit I've been through with big pharma already and having to clean up off of that and to get this fucking far away from it, you know? Yeah, valerian root tea. Yeah, keep it fucking holistic. But they make Valium out of, but it's the natural form. Yeah. And make the tea, it'll help take the edge off your nerves and keep you calm. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a bad idea today. Maybe I'll go pick some of that up today. You think that's a good idea? They make a sleepy time that has Valerian in it. Do you just... Seasoning does. Uh, do you ever chew on just the raw root, Mom? I have. You like that one? It's a little bitter. It's a little bitter, yeah. I've done it. Yeah, it works though, huh? Yep. Better I've than Angelica root before too, and that's like chewing on sawdust. That we have a female problem. So there's different levels of you got holistic you got big pharma you got street level i mean frankly you gotta learn how to be intelligent and use a combination of all the above so you think it's okay to support the local drug dealer on some level well keep big pharma at the, the distance but don't be stupid about it if you need something take it just make sure it's something you really need. Right? Everybody's different. It's kind of weird, right? But everybody's yeah. a different individual, and everybody has a yeah, completely a different chemistry. A blanket on anything, because you never know what the other person's body chemistry is like. Hmm. I've lost some more weight, so. Oh, you have? Because of what, the drugs they got you on? The painkiller? Or what? No, I've been off of that. I'm just taking Tylenol oh. and my gabapentin and my Zoloft. So what's the but, problem? Hello? That's part of it. <laughs> I didn't hear I you, Ma. We didn't. You got I cut off. forget what the hell we were talking about. You were talking about how you lost weight. 
Oh, yeah. I've just been peckish. Uh, it's not that I've had no appetite. The appetite's working fine. It's just I can't figure out what it is I got the appetite for, what I'm hungry for. You don't know? Yeah. Hmm. So the last few days, it's ended up being vegetarian with peanut butter as the major protein. Well, that's I've lived off that before for a while. You know, or some Vietnamese style. You got any noodles? You got anything you can make like yeah, yeah, and I'm going to pick up some more when I go out to Wally World later. Well. Got to go pick up my other refill. Well, make sure you just eat the food that you got, Mom. Oh, a lot of that got ate up. I got a bunch of tomatoes left, but that little winch went through and weeded out all my good shit and ate it. Who's the winch? Angel. Oh, shit. Why is she- I'm going to replenish it out. Yeah? Yeah. All she, right. My grit, she ain't been back. And I told her the other day, you can leave your shit here. I ain't Kermit. I ain't going to go through it. Yeah. I, I'm just going to throw it in the corner out of my way. Yeah. Well, you know, she's not coming so back to fuck with you. That's way. what she decided to do and eat from keeping her for a little while. To get her off my hands. So I don't mind. He can pay for her cigars. And let her try to wheedle him out of a fucking little half pint to a pint of whiskey a day. And shit like that. Because I flat out told her. I don't drink. So why should I pay for your alcohol? I said, you got that screwed up, little winch. I said, if you want money out of me for alcohol, you got to earn it. I said, you can earn 10 bucks right now. Go over and do all of Foots' dishes. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Well. It's like Chandra come over. And what we paid her for last month to clean the futon, she finally did yesterday. It's still out there in the sun drying. Well, anyway, Mom, we're still doing the drugs episode, so let's not get too distracted. I was just mad because I couldn't do no drugs the whole time she was here. (laughs) That's better. (laughs) Bringing the show back around. My niece is actually allergic to marijuana, y'all. And for those who don't know, people that have an allergy around marijuana, you might notice this in some of your small children when they're first exposed, break out like poison ivy, like they've been in a poison ivy patch. Oh, yeah. Not (laughs) Not that great. Nope. Well... She has to notify me when she's coming so that I can keep the air pot free. <laughs> I guess I uh, am getting fucking sick of talking about drugs. I've had a lot of people die on me from fucking drugs. Maybe people out there listening. mention none of that. Yeah. But see, my generation and being twice widowed at 61, let me tell you. I don't have an old man. There ain't none out there. 
So if God wants me to have one, he's going to have to hit me over the head with it. Because everybody my age is either dead, married, or in prison. Yep. And pretty and, much mine, and OD'd. Yeah, the ones that are walking around are married. And I'm not the Texas homewrecker and heartbreaker. I'll leave that job to both thieves. <laughs> yeah, you're not, that's not the bit you play, huh, Mom? No, I have never been. You're not the Jolene. Mm, no. You, you are no I, Jolene. I used to date this dude called Critter, and when he got this other chick, Bridget, pregnant, I wouldn't go out with him no more. And I made him go back to her, and I told him, I said, you should have kept your zippers up there. Fucking A. You know? Yeah. I said, you made a child. That child is your responsibility. She didn't ask to be born. Yep, you done knocked her up, dude. I said, so you get back there and you take care of your responsibilities, and I'll see you further down the road. Yep, about 23 years. I'm brother. <laughs> 23 years from now. <laughs> Turned out we didn't, by God. Well, knock on the fucking wood. There was a little mini race war down here that's not often talked about. And Does it have anything to do with drugs? Yep. And Critter was one of the ones that got shot by the project boys out of the St. Thomas. Yeah? Yeah. And then Wizard went over there and shot them up in return, and it turned into a citywide thing for a minute there. Holy fuck. Yep. And that's back in the 80s. Because I was working up at the Red Door on the corner of Jackson and Magazine. Hmm. It ain't even there no more. There's a new brick building near a burger bar. That's a shame because my friend got killed in that bar. Was it over drugs? No, she got killed during Hurricane Katrina in that bar. Oh, damn, that's fucked up. The bar collapsed. Oh, damn. She used to go there all the time and, and meet me and we played video poker together. Yeah. But we were both winners, so it was fun to us. We'd have a few drinks, share some gossip from different parts of town, you know? Well, how how are the drugs that you're on right now, how are they treating you? Well... I'm staying out of the heat and the sun because of the blood pressure drug. Yeah. But the sativa is excellent. <laughs> yeah, it's going good, right? I'm telling you, pretty red hairs all over it. Heroinas. This is what my friend Samia was named after, this type of sense of me and you. Oh, yeah? Yeah. That's pretty cool. Well, you know, I guess as far as drugs, y'all, uh, look into them. See what's good for you, man. Every individual is different. At one point when I was coming off of Big Pharma, I would have told everybody, nope, stay away from it. But 
You know what I mean? I, it's just everybody's so fucking different, man. But, you know, I, I wouldn't be getting any well butrin and, like, snorting it. You know, yeah, or, like, I you know... That. You know what I'm saying, like, or you know, I'm not, I'm not telling you to go huff fucking uh, Lysol or whatever, like Albuquerque Indian style. But oh man, I got a story about that. Well, they take knock the, yourself they out. Take a bottle of the Lysol concentrate and an empty gallon milk jug, and they go to the nearest outside water spigot and they dump the Lysol in there. And then fill the jug up with water, and they drink that shit. That's fucked up. Yeah, they kept offering it to me. Robert drank it with them. It's like My Uncle Robert was on the run with me. We had a couple of sportsters and was kicking it from New Orleans out to L.A. You know, walked that every time we'd hit an Indian <laughs> reservation in the old part, we'd go missing. I could double back, and there he'd be. Damn, dude. How- He'd be drinking Lysol with them motherfuckers. So I got me a bottle of Johnny Walker, a half gallon, and put it in my saddlebag. And I got to where I just pull up in, in the square and look for the pile, the drunk pile, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and wait on him to crawl out of it while I just sat in the shade on my scooter and fucking sipped on the Johnny Walker and a Coke. Wow. Or a Sprite if they had it. I preferred Sprite, but... Oh, man. That is fucked. <laughs> it was. It was fucked up. That is fucked up, Mom. <laughs> Lysol parade. That... I couldn't believe them Indians was drinking that shit. That, and I'm going... That's why, they, that's why they made it illegal in fucking Albuquerque, you know? I said, you Paiutes are nuts. This Apache Irish bitch ain't having it. That's when I went to the liquor store, found a liquor store in the middle of all the reservations and went and bought me a half-gallon bottle and just quietly tucked it into my saddlebag. <laughs> Added it up with clothes. You see? <laughs> you see how this all ended up here? I seen how it was going to end up there too alright mom carry the tarp so that I can make an instant tent the drug alarm's going off I know can you believe it's been a fucking hour but we did talk about drugs pretty solidly we talked about all kinds of drugs too heroin cocaine, ketamine Ronald Reagan yep methoqualone hydrochloride I know we did it. We did it. Uh, MDMA, LSD. I think we pretty much covered the gamut. You know what episode this is? This is like 209 or 210. Can you fucking believe that shit? <laughs> pretty wild, huh? I'm telling you. Well, I've done a lot of episodes, but I haven't done a straight just talking shit about fucking drugs for the fucking hour. But because we were going to do the uh, lost files, and I lost the fucking lost files, so I guess that, that fucking makes... Everybody. <laughs> but I, like I said, we had Mountain Friend on the phone, and she was like, if you ever... She started yelling at me and was like, 
if you ever want to just record me, just don't tell me about it. And I started recording her. I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll think about that. And I fucking had her. And then, you know, she didn't know she was being recorded right then. So I, I just recorded for an hour and it's just, some people get passionate. They do heroin for a while and they get on their soapbox. You know, we got to deal with a member of our family. You guys want to go back and listen to the blame game. You can hear yeah. our, our fucking road dog fucking take 18 minutes of our time while she fucking shoots a load. <laughs> Having me and my mom fucking wait on the fucking phone. That was fucking fun. She's still sending me songs now. I guess she she cool. thinks enough time has Are gone by. I don't know. I'm not going to illegally use her shit. I don't really want to. You know. It ain't illegal because you publicize who it was at the end and say, hey, this is my friend's band. Y'all should go listen to him if you're ever around with her play. Maybe on the blame game re-edit. But she's going to have to fucking, she's going to have to swallow the shit, dude, and be like, yeah, I was a fucking dick to you guys. Because if I don't get that kind of fucking caliber of apology, she can go fuck herself. I ain't even worried about her at the moment. Well, she's a classic example of this. And they answer it. If I miss it, I don't call her back. She's just that example of America and the world that is okay with all this hard hardcore know. drug usage and being like validated and doing it. Yeah, I still say we ought to do them like the Netherlands and shit and put them all in their own little area, issue them clean needles and let them do all the drugs they want. And if they overdo it, right, they you got to put them in a safe place. Yeah, just put them in a safe place away from uh, people who are safer without it. So, you know, there's two different worlds. There's people that are safe without drugs. There are people that are safer with drugs. You know, but yeah. but the two shall never really fucking meet because... Because opposites have to exist, but they don't have to... You know, they have to coexist, but they don't have to be right to... Touching each other. Yeah, don't fuck around. Right, Mom? Say, don't fuck around. Well, I always say you fuck around, you lay around. <laughs> We're going to leave it on that, huh? Yep. When I was 13, man, start talking about weird things. No, really. Stand on a corner. You know anything about Spanish fly? What? Spanish fly? It always happens when you're 13. Only when you're 13 on up to, like, when you get married. Guys stand around and talk about Spanish fly, and it never starts with one of the guys on the corner. It's always some strange 13-year-old who says, You know what? You know anything about Spanish fly? No, tell me about it. Well, there's this girl, Crazy Mary. You put some in her drink, man. She... <laughs> yeah, Spanish... Oh, yeah, that's really groovy, man. Spanish fly is groovy, yeah, boy. This is Bill Cosby. There's a need to get more education and information to fully understand all drugs. I hope you enjoy it, and I hope your parents did too. Let's get high. 
Right on, guys. Thank you for joining us today, me and my mom. <laughs> Talking about drugs. The Rob Swift fucking Lords of Acid cover. Let's get high. Great closer. It's nice to know my mom fucking drank Lysol with a bunch of fucking crazy Indians. <laughs> it doesn't surprise me. I think my mom's done more than most people on the fucking planet. And she's definitely earned her time to sit back and watch plenty of monster and uh, sci-fi movies. I guess what else can she do, man? She's fucking squoze all the fucking fun into the first two and a half decades of her fucking life. And in two decades, well, I'll let her release that, you know. You'll have to go back and listen to the Grandma Gutterpunk Informative Years episode. It's good to have my mom back, dude. Hopefully this comes out okay. Anyway, guys, if uh, you're feeling it, give me and my mom a call. And specifically, if you're dealing with drug issues and shit, you want to talk to my mom. You don't want to talk to me, man. And I'll be honest, I kind of fucking uh, generalize a lot of fucking look at drug use simply because I have not done it. So don't blame me. I don't know how the fuck I got through some of the darkest uh, subculture in this fucking country and never did any of that shit except for fucking uh, about three hits off a dust joint. <laughs> that was catastrophic. Yeah, that's astral planing the wrong way, man. We'll come back into more astral planing episodes and we'll cover everything else, man. I'm about to get the weed wizard back on the show. He's fucking mixing down some sick ass shit. I just fucking heard a fucking mix of fucking land down under from men at work, man. Uh, pretty fucking dope, dude. Anyway, 206 666 5847. If you got a drug story, call my mom. I'll put you in touch with her, man. You can't ask me about it. It's not fair. So I really can't fucking run my mouth about it. I'll see you on the fucking next show, motherfucker. Alright, I'm about to go eat some pork and rolls. That's what that call is. Alright, let's the fuck's going. You've been listening to Adam RMD GED. Underground Cartoon Therapy.